The blood of Jesus, God's Son, purifies us from all sin. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is the beginning of our Old Testament reading for this past Sunday, which was the first Sunday in the Lenten season. We're looking at Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 to 9 and 15 to 17, where Moses writes, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree that's in the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. My dear fellow sinners for whom Christ lived and died, our reading for today takes us back to the sixth day of creation when, as it says here, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. It's kind of interesting here when it talks in these verses about what the Creator did for Adam and Eve it always talks about the Creator with the name the Lord God, a special name for God which stresses His grace and love, His grace and love in dealing with us. Well, in His grace and love, what God did is so much for Adam and Eve in grace and love. What the Lord still does is so much for you and for me today. And now notice the care that God put into his creation of, the, of man. When it talks in the beginning of Genesis about the creation of other things, of the heavens and the earth and light and darkness and plants and fish and birds and animals. Well, it says words like, let there be, and those things came into being, but with man it was a little bit different. Instead of just simply saying, let there be, what happened instead is that the Lord God, notice the Lord God, he shaped Adam out of the dust of the ground. He formed his body. And then it says that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and Adam became a living being. There are some scholars who assert that what God was doing there, and the Hebrew there may suggest that. It's not that it has to be that way though. The, there are some scholars that suggest that when it says that God breathed it, the Lord God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, that what God was doing is actually breathing into him the eternal soul that we human beings have that 
human eternal soul that makes us different from the animals in this world. But now see, God created the whole world for man. The human race is the crown of God's creation. But God, God didn't just create Adam and Eve and then leave them on their own. The Lord God, what he also did is he planted this special garden, the Garden of Eden, for Adam and Eve, and there he placed Adam and Eve. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it, Moses says. Because there was no sin in the world at the time when God originally put them into the Garden of Eden, well, since there was no sin, well then working in that garden would have just added joy to the lives of our first parents. Nothing but joy, nothing and happiness. Their work in the garden would not have been painful or stressful or monotonous as sometimes our labors in this world today can sometimes be. But Adam and Eve, they had the absolute perfect situation. And our Lord really just wanted them to be faithful to him. That included, well, taking care of the Garden of Eden for God and, and also not eating the fruit from that one tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Throughout history, though, what people have often done is they've looked at God creating that tree and putting it in the Garden of Eden. And since God didn't want them to eat fruit from the tree, people will say, well, why on earth did God put that tree there? Was he tempting Adam and Eve? And of course, the answer to that is no, because God does not tempt us. It was the Lord God again who put that tree there in the Garden of Eden. And since he put that tree in the Garden of Eden, the Lord God put that tree in the Garden of Eden, it wasn't to tempt, but it was to give Adam and Eve an opportunity to show their loyalty to God, to show their love to God. The Lord God had shown them his love, and he wanted them also to show him their love. And actually, if you think about it, they're having that tree in the Garden of Eden is similar to what happens in a normal family here in this life. What happens is that as the children get older, maybe the parents leave the children home alone. And if parents leave their children home alone, well, the fact is, is that those children could potentially get into all kinds of problems and troubles when they're home alone. But that doesn't mean that the parents are tempting those children. It means that the parents are giving those children the opportunity to show their love to their parents, to show their loyalty to their parents. So when God put Adam and Eve in the garden and had that tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, he wasn't putting a temptation in front of them. He was giving them an opportunity to show their love to God. And now remember also that the eating the fruit from that tree, that wasn't the only way that they could have rebelled against God. 
they could have rebelled against God by refusing to work in the Garden of Eden, by fighting with each other, or just not having the loving relationship between Adam and Eve that God wanted them to have. Well, in the creation, the Lord God shows us his love. In the creation, the Lord God shows his love and for Adam and Eve and for all of us. And for that matter, what we'd also have to say, actually, in everything that God does, the Lord God shows us his love. And even though we have contaminated a world which was created absolutely perfect, we still have to say that God has given us a beautiful world to live in. And God has shown us his love in so many ways. Maybe we could just think about what Martin Luther said in his meaning to the first article of the Apostles' Creed. He said, I believe that God made me in every creature and that he gave me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my mind and all my abilities, and I believe that God still preserves me by richly and daily providing clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, cattle, and all I own, and all that I need to keep my body in life, and by defending me against all danger and guarding and protecting me from all evil. And why does he do that? Well, Luther continues, he says, all this God does only because he is my good and merciful Father in heaven and not because I have earned or deserved it. It's all because of his grace and love. It's all because of his grace and love. The Father, the Lord God, shows us his love. And, and in response, Luther says, and we'll also want to say, for all this I ought to thank and praise to serve and obey him. The Lord God has shown us his love and well, may his love motivate us to show our love to the Lord and to one another. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for your amazing love for us. Keep filling us with your love so that we want to love you and one another. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always.